Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome to another episode of Amsterdam Talk Season 3, Episode 23. So today we're coming all the way across the globe on the other side of the continent with Mr. Dale Allen Rouse. How are you doing, Dale? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be here with you. You always have such interesting guests. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, the show is always... What it is, I, I, I bring interesting people on to tell their stories and we go from there with it. Well, that's what I love about it. Every episode is kind of like its own vibe. Hey, and that's why I brought you on. You know, we, yeah. we've been trying to. So before we get started, tell us about yourself. All right. So I am a real estate coach and shamanic practitioner. And you're probably wondering, okay, like, how does that all work together? Because it was through the like business world and kind of studying manifesting and all those kinds of things in business that I arrived to an interest in like energy work. Mm -hmm. So it was from there and coaching agents and, you know, doing all of that, um, that I kind of discovered that path. And then I started kind of like searching out other areas of the world where they kind of study the same thing. And I kept being taken back to shamanism, which is just pure energy work. Like it's so interesting because a shaman is, is the doctor of the soul, right? Mm -hmm. And so what is the soul? It's just energy, right? And so it's really studying that which animates the body and, you know, how we live and what we're vibing with in terms of energy. Okay. So, and when did you start, you know, get into, into that? Uh, well, I've always been into it my whole life. Um, and I've just had an interest in that kind of stuff. And, but it wasn't really until I started writing my books in 2020, mm -hmm. when the pandemic ha happened, I was like, oh, well, I, I guess I have the time. Like, <laughs> let's, uh, let's right. do something. We all had the time. Yeah. So I decided to kind of like write my story, if you will. And it was through that process that I kind of was being led back to some early times in my life. Uh, I have an uncle who's a full-blood Indigenous Canadian, and mm -hmm. he raised my cousins on a reservation. And okay. that was always so different because I was being raised in your typical kind of Christian environment. And right. so that was always kind of like magical to me. Like they were having this whole experience out in nature and that was like their church. And anyways, so that's kind of where it all kind of got started from as far as my interest in it. But uh, when, like I said, the pandemic hit, that's when I really started kind of chasing that down a little bit more. And my books kept wanting to talk about that. And I was like, okay, um, I don't know what that is. So I kind of sought out some guidance along those lines and actually went to a shaman school. Did you know there was such a thing? No, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. and, and for those who are watching, we're not talking about shaman with the C. We're talking S-H-A-M-A-N-I-S-M, -S shamanism, yeah. not shaman toilet paper. Right. This is the shaman you can squeeze. No, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So, but that's where it all started from. And then when I started writing my books, I uh, ended up going to a shaman school and, and things kind of just took off from there. And so I, 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 by the way, I do not consider myself a shaman by any means. I'm just a student. I'm just, you know, scratching the surface of this to see what I can bring from, you know, the knowledge of the indigenous people of the people who were on this land uh, before we were and tap into what they knew because Maybe I can learn something there. Maybe it can improve my life, improve my mood, improve my business. Like, like, why not? Check it out. 
Got you. But before all of that, you know, the first line you said that you grew up in the ninth, you grew up in the nineteen seventies homophobic religious family. Yeah, my how, father was a Baptist minister. How how was that knowing that you're a part of the LGBT community? How was that? Uh, how well, was it, yeah, how was that growing up? How did you actually like decide to say, "Mom, Dad, this is what I am. This is who I am." Yeah, that was. I, I basically ran away from home. Is the short answer. Uh, I just knew that that wasn't going to fly as I sit here in my Golden Girls t-shirt and big yellow glasses. <laughs> I knew that that, that, that was not going to work right. <laughs> in the environment that I lived in. I just heard and seen too much. And so I, uh, this is, I mean, not to go off course here, but it, it is kind of an interesting story. I started taking tap dancing classes down at the local, you know, uh, dance school because I was overweight. My parents wanted me to try and lose weight. Anyways, flash forward, I ended up running away to a ballet school halfway right. across Canada at the age of 17. I hadn't even graduated high school yet. And then I danced professionally all over the world for like 20 years. I was a backup dancer for Celine Dion. And I was on Broadway and I did like all these crazy things, but it all started from, and that's what I think is so cool about life is it all started from the worst, which gave me the best. And it's in all of our like trauma and in all of the stuff that we don't want to look at where mm -hmm. the richest gifts are, I think. Right. So now you went away, you, you, you danced, you danced for the ballet. You was in the Broadway show Fosse, right? You was in Fosse. So as you got older, were you able to go back home and say, Hey, this is, this is who I am now. Your mic muted. I think your mic went mute. Yeah, you muted yourself. I oh, still can't hear you right now. This tends to happen once every show. So you might want to probably back out and come back. So meanwhile, while he's getting his technical difficulties there, if you haven't missed it, he is in shamanistic uh, core shamanism. Um, basically, it's about being flexible and learning about spirituality and things of that nature but in the same token you know that he just stated that he had to go away for a while because he knew of his ways that he grew up in that 70s homophobic religious family and that he knew he couldn't actually stay there so he went tap dancing and classic ba ballet ballet whatever how you want to pronounce it ballet um did it for 20 years i'm reading his bio he did it for 20 years he was on broadway with the show Fosse. Um, here we go. Still can't hear you. We don't know what happened. It's just one of those days. Hold on, I don't know if we can hear me out there. It's just one of those days. Okay, we, I can hear myself. It's still on mute. But anyway, how y'all living out there? Okay, how's that? 
There we go. <laughs> oh, sorry. There we go. So basically, what I said was so after 20 years of ballet, were you able to go back home and just say, hey, dad, my, this is who I am? Yeah, well, yes. I Long short answer. Yes, I, I did, you know, but like I was saying, my father died in 2004. We hadn't fully re reconciled all of that. But there's there's a lot more layers to it because there was, you know, <sighs> There was the, after my father died, my mother said that possibly my father was gay. And that I think a lot of her frustration and what she took out on me was what she was trying to deal with and reconcile with in her own marriage. Right. Okay. So anyways, <laughs> you know, thus all the books I write. <laughs> oh, here's some trauma. <laughs> I got you. So that's what I'm going to go to because the back of your book says that you seek the challenge seek to challenge the status quo through modern day fables that study and dissect energy work what do you mean exactly by that yeah so the way that shamanic practitioners look at thing is is instead of seeing it with their eyes they feel it with their other senses so they'll look at the energy signature of a person before they believe the words or believe their eyes of what they're you know looking at they will they will sense the person and feel the person in the way like an animal almost would when they come up to you to test whether you're like a safe person to be around um it's using those senses which is very shamanic right and so, mm -hmm. um, what was I saying? <laughs> you was talking about so was talking about Shalmik, about the back of your book. Yeah. So yes, I I seek to challenge the status quo through that lens because when you can, like, some people will say, "Well, this is love," and other people will say, "No, this is love," and they're polar opposite. But when you look at not what is right versus wrong. But what is loving, like what is energetically vibrating on a high level, you know, that's very different than looking at something that's vibrating at a very low dense and, you know, like it's super clear when you're looking at it through the lens of that, like, is this a high vibration? Is this a good feeling? Is this love versus, you know, right. is somebody being kind of crappy? Got you. Got you. So once you figure out, you know, low and high, how can a person, is a person able to make a person that's low, get them high or bring a person that's high, bring them down? Are they able to do yeah. that? That's the whole point of it. Oh, let me just um, challenge you uh, with one exercise. Okay. So okay. we can use our imagination for a lot of different things. In fact, in shamanism, it is one of our most, most powerful tools. It's often a way in which we try to access information outside of ourselves, right? To learn something new. And where that comes from, you, you don't have to question if it's new information, new experience that you can learn from, that learning is still valid, right? <clears throat> so... Think about your imagination mm -hmm. as being extremely powerful, right? And when we tether our imagination to the past, to things that have gone before, when you're thinking about, oh, you know, that didn't work out right, or, oh, I have this bill that's due, or, you know, oh, this isn't, you know, going on. And she said that, and then this, you know, and you're going through and using your imagination for harmful purposes, or you're sitting in your room and you're feeling fear but there's nothing in your environment that should be causing you fear. That's you using your imagination 
for harmful purposes. You're hurting yourself with your imagination because there's nothing in your room that is causing you fear or pain. And yet you're feeling that. And you're feeling that because you're tethering your imagination through the ego into the past, into what has gone before. And that is only a place where you experience lack, right? And not wholeness is in the past because it is mm -hmm. gone and it has informed you right by man and man will always provide lack you know that's just who we are as kind of having this ego ego brain right so when we take our imagination and take it out of the past and we get fully present to the moment right mm -hmm. and suddenly you start to just shift in yourself because you're not interacting with your mind the chatter goes away and you just get right. still and present there cannot be fear if there's nothing in your environment making you feel fear unless you're using right. your imagination for harmful purposes right and that's what i try and really you know work on with people is to not harm ourselves anymore and to chase you know the better vibes so if you're in the present moment fully mm -hmm. engaging with your environment and not engaging with your mind but then you start to look forward because when you start looking forward to your life and start looking forward to what's coming up in your day and looking forward to those things, what are you doing? You're actually calling it into being, you're manifesting it. Right. And that's where the business, you know, coaching and shamanism kind of like, I found an intersection there that was so interesting. Like I just didn't expect to find it. And so when we are seated in self, right, just being in our own bodies and allowing the outside world to inform us and work on us and not work on the world, right? We can't, you know, expect to have any sense of happiness if we're working on the world, right? And we look at everything as far as just informing us and we're seated in self and looking forward to our day and we're only talking about what we're looking forward to right because then again right. like you start to manifest it so if you were just in this show like talking about what you were excited about and what's coming up and what you can't wait to see right that's going to be a very right. different vibe right and it's right. uh, the shamanism it always looks at the vibe what's the vibe what's the energy signature what are you vibing with right and right. so you start to change your vibe and the way that you're looking at things because you're what you're looking forward to what has yet to come and you are making it you are creating it and manifesting it okay so i mean that's a good answer right there to me if, if you're looking forward to something of course your vibe is going to be high if you're not looking right. forward to it your vibe is going to be low like right. um i just to say to be honest with everybody when the alarm clock rings tomorrow ain't nobody looking to go to work <laughs> they're looking to go back to sleep so the vibe is a little low and i always used to tell my supervisor if I can get here, I'm good. Once I can get here, I'm fine. I, I can't. If I can get here, you got me. That's it. I got to get here first. Yeah. So uh -huh. on the way there, it's a little different. Um, yeah. It's a little different. So, all right. So that's uh, just like one example of energy work. Because when I say energy work, people are like, oh, what are you talking about? I'm like, it's it's how to light yourself up how to remain in high, you know, more joyful vibrations throughout the course of your day, no matter what's going on, because the outside world, you know, shouldn't be, you know, informing what's going on in here. You should be like, you should be master and commander of you. And that's really what my YouTube channel is really all about is learning how to master your mind and be, you know, in the best vibration possible to truly manifest what it is that you want in life.
Okay. So we have the book that you, your first book, Handsome Devils. Yes. And it deals with a lot of, there we go. Handsome Devils <laughs> deals with a lot of spicy topics, such as the birth of conversation therapy in 1886. Yeah. But it's told from perspective of an unusual character, Mel Vaughn, a part where, a part where with Nordic pagan. Can you explain how this all came together? And you, how did that come together? Well, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> so I, I wanted to have a story that was told from the birthplace of conversion therapy, which is what, you know, faith-based communities have done for many years, you know, to mm -hmm. clear expression. They, they just tried to change it, to fix it, right? right. Um, and so the same year that Nikolai Tesla left pre-Nazi Austria for America was the same year that conversion therapy was first invented, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's an interesting like mix. And I really wanted like Nikolai Tesla, yes, the Tesla cars, right? Or he's this one here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so right. that's Nikolai Tesla. Right, right, right. And uh, he's the science, but the story is actually told from his secret lover, who is Melvin Vaughn. And so that's how the story begins. And, and they're small books. They're all like 100 pages and they have pictures. It's like a glorified comic book. <laughs> but that's how that starts, gotcha. that whole series. Yeah, and I have a bunch of other books in this series too. Because after he saves a bunch of the you know queer kids that are running around from conversion therapy, he uh, teaches them shamanism, right? And that's this is kind of the vehicle I used because people are like, what is shamanism? What is that voodoo? I don't even know. <laughs> So I right. kind of so, use these books to explain how that looks in in a lifetime practice, right? Right. So in that book that you just stated with Nikolai and Melvin, you know, they did a lot of queer things that you stated and they saved some kids. Like, um, or do you feel these books are positioned correctly as gay romances? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, all of the stuff I write is spiritual fiction. Spiritual fiction is basically fables, right? That you use mm -hmm. to explain a spiritual, you know, aspect or idea. And so that's what I try and do with my books so that the reader goes through a series of like ahas, like, and the character's awakening becomes the reader's awakening, if you will. Mm. And how does all this come about? Is it like, you basically sit around, you might watch something on TV and you piggyback off of that, or this just comes to you mentally, just like, I'm just going to do this. Yeah. So that's a, that's a great question. Um, because I really spend a lot of time, I, you know, probably spend a couple hours a day just thinking and just, you know, kind of, um, being with myself and allowing new information. It's a big concept in shamanism is to empty ourselves from ourselves. And once mm -hmm. we empty the old, we can allow in new, you can allow in new information. And so you often can learn that way by removing yourself from mm -hmm. yourself and seeing what's there in that void. And so it's there, I often like in that kind of deep meditation place that I, you know, get these ideas that become the books. <laughs> mm. Okay, so there's, you have a bunch of books. So what is the ultimate goal to Handsome Devils? To change the world. To change the world? <laughs> Yeah. They change the world how? I mean, I understand, like change the world how? Yeah. So because again, 
all of the shamanic ways look at things by their energy signature. And if you look at certain institutions as their energy signature, rather, are they right or wrong? It becomes very clear in terms of like, what's about love. And I also hope to kind of like show people what another, because most people just know, you know, you know, Christianity in some version, whether it's Catholic or whatever, and they know like maybe Mormon and they know like, like they don't know a lot of other spiritual practices and faiths. And that's why it's been so interesting in learning about the indigenous ways and the, the what they believed in. And just because I very much also arrived to this work as a sh shamanic practitioner, as a skeptic, like I really wanted to go in knowing this stuff so that I could you know, translate it from like their ways to the best of my ability, to the best of my knowledge into a more Western world where we could have access to the same channels of information that the indigenous people did because they see things very differently and they understand things very differently than we do. They don't see things built on, you know, mental constructs as real right? If it's only built on minds and, and it can collapse when those minds stop thinking about that thing, right? They don't see that thing as necessarily real. So it's just like all right. these really different perspectives of the way nature sees things versus the way that kind of the Western world sees things. So the Western world and nature, so basically you would say it's almost close to like smoke and mirrors almost. Yeah, well, it's really, I mean, they, they talk about going behind the veil to understand the energy, right? So they kind of go into the matrix of like, like we've seen in the matrix movie, but they, they literally, they, and that's why like uh, animal tracking is such a big thing in their practice, because again, they're, they're, they're going into their environment. They're communicating with their environment in a way that we're not taught yet. We all clearly can learn if we're, open to the idea because it's all built on one thing. It's that one thing, that inkling, that knowing when you go into a room and you know that something's off, that you know in your gut, the energy in that room is weird or off or creepy, but there's something going on, right? That knowing right there in your gut, that is the portal, the channel to shamanism. That is the knowing that they dive into on such a deep level that it's, it's truly like it, it like you almost can't believe it's real sometimes when you have certain experiences with these really you know, powerful shamanic women and you it's hard to explain unless you see it firsthand. I try and do the best I can in my books and read the books. <laughs> no, so I, I gotta, I, I, I wanted to ask you this. So would this be shamanistic? Like when you walk in a room and everybody gets quiet? Well, it's more your gut feeling that you feel about that. That's the shamanism because it's, it's everything informs you for a reason. Right. And right. if we're willing to truly listen and get down into that feeling of what you're being informed of, that's the mm -hmm. shamanistic part. I mean, because the gut feeling is if you walk into a room and everybody gets quiet, nine times a ten, they were, you know, speaking about you. And yes. it wasn't in a good way. Right. So I'm figuring that may be shamanistic because when you walk in, your gut is already telling you like something ain't right here. You know. It's that knowing it's right there in that knowing where, you know, something's off that um, their kind of whole practice is really built on. Oh, OK. So this built on this one practice. Yeah, this this knowing developing this knowing within you, your gut and, and learning to trust how your gut is communicating with you. So 
with you knowing all of this, being with a core shamanist, how how many times has your gut been wrong? Or has it ever been wrong? You know, they don't even really participate in the concept of wrong. <laughs> I know it's, it's so truly <laughs> foreign to us, but th there there's nothing you can do that's incorrect according to them. And they are just there to support and love and lift you up in whatever decision and whatever it is that you're chasing after or whatever experiences that it is that you're having. Um, now, I will say when I have been reading people like, because you, we can do shamanistic readings, you know, with tarot cards and things like this, which is built on the same gut knowing, right? Mm -hmm. um, and there have been a couple of times I've been off with that, but more times than not, I mean, because again, I, I've been working at developing this skill for years now. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing when you when you find that channel of information, how much is being informed to you through just the presence of others. Okay. So all of this, all of this shamanistic, all of this free spiritual will goes back to you being diagnosed with generalized dystonia. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So it's so funny um, because my former boss Celine Dion and myself are the only two people that I know with this condition and it's very strange so we have a little like weird bond there <laughs> but I developed it in 2014 was when I was first diagnosed with it and it's um, a neurological movement disorder and it's in the same family as Parkinson's and MS now as you can see I don't really have it that bad um, I, it's more episodic for me, whereas for a lot of people, they live with it 24 seven. Um, it's generally known as stiff person syndrome. And mm -hmm. what happens is you lose the fluidity in your body and your hands like start cramping up like this and, and you become like a, a pile of rocks. Like you don't have any fluidity in your body and you can't right. move. That's why it's called stiff person syndrome. Okay. So, so you bring up, I'm just gonna take a wild shot in the dark. You bring up Celine. Yeah. Is there any possible way we could talk to Celine right now? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, no, I'm just asking. See, <laughs> like, I'm just saying that maybe we possibly could, you know, yeah. get, her to, get her to sing the song from Titanic. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <clears throat> I haven't talked to her in years, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought you might like how you, I maybe thought y'all might have talked to each other earlier today. Yeah, no, we've, we've sent messages, uh, like, especially because, when we were doing the show with her, a lot of her people like are still in my life, but she's not necessarily, but we have like people that we pass messages through and things. So like her backup singers and uh, all of her people that, you know, are in her family that were part of the show, uh, I'm still in touch with on uh, Facebook and whatnot. Okay. All right. So in book, book two in a series of Army Awakens. Yeah. The one with the scary child with the green glowing eyes on the cover. Yes. So this is this is where in the story, uh, Melvin is left behind in Austria as Tesla goes to America. So it's part historical fiction because you actually learn about uh, Nikolai Tesla's life as, as it was actually unfolding. And I kind of tethered the story to his timeline. So um, anyways, that's where this all begins. And so the whole premise of these books is to teach people how to win a war without fighting. Okay. Right. And so he teaches because he know he's in pre-Nazi Austria, right? With all these gay kids that he's like stolen from the government. <laughs> and so he, uh, he he teaches them how to become really powerful shamanic warriors. And so you can see here, like this kid has a gorilla, right? As a spirit animal. And so 
anyways, it's the, the story of this kid's awakening and then the other ones that he kind of brings into uh, teaching them how to, again, how to win a war without fighting, right? Because in shamanism, we never have an opinion. We mm -hmm. never... Um, try we, we never try and move ourself off of home base right so we're mm -hmm. always calm and peaceful and it, so to any to get angry is seen as more harmful to ourselves than to others so you know they have to like again learn how to win a war without fighting and so this next book where the warrior lives is very kind of heady stuff like how you win a war like this war between your ears right mm -hmm. how you win that war so that you can win the war outside of yourself right, right? okay so, so you go back to you know back to the kid with the scary green eyes <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> the, the, the scary green eyes you know what was the thinking behind releasing this book um together yeah i you know i really wanted because the books are so tiny like they're 100 pages or less they're meant to be read like on a flight you can easily read it cover to cover in 90 minutes like it's not a big commitment and so i wanted to put out you know a couple of books so that as people like were kind of following the the story that you know each one would kind of be available you know within a month or two okay yeah. so these children in this book have any as any of this like related based on your life as far as like you know anything to these books this not really this one is very much written like kind of like a kid's book but for adults okay. and it really is just a vehicle that i use to explain what is shamanism like because most people have they maybe heard the word but they couldn't tell you like what that actually is and how that actually works in life and how peaceful these people were i mean it's so interesting to be in a completely different paradigm of energy when you are with them because again they they don't judge they don't you know see anything that you're doing as ever wrong like mm -hmm. they don't participate in low dense vibration words or energy right. so anything is like either neutral or a high vibration and so you learn to become much more joyful in in that space because that's all there is you know all right so what you said they don't see any anything anything wrong or i mean anything wrong in shamanistic so as you stated you ran away from your traumas and all right. this as a kid back in you growing up how you grew up so all the kids in your book now if you had to say something um, to them that were real life characters would yeah. you tell them to be like live who you are you know let your parents know you know yeah what are you and doing? I, I I th yeah, and I think that these books are very much a love letter to like my inner child and to providing safe spaces for everybody and to, you know, encourage more environments of inclusivity of everybody. I, I don't care if you're purple, like, like, welcome, you know, like we, we just have to, you know, change the world. And the way that I address it a lot of the times on my YouTube channel is I say that we can either continue the fight or we can evolve the fight. And that's what I'm interested in doing. And that's what I use these books to kind of illustrate what does the world look like as it evolves in its consciousness to, you know, get away from judgment and prejudice and these really dark, dense, you know, things and learn to be just more loving and accepting of one another. That's, that's understandable. I mean, I guess it's 2023. So, you know, any anything everything is possible these days it doesn't even matter um but i guess is what you're trying to say is basically 
leave the judgmental shit and all that stuff alone. Just let that person be them and be who right. they are, live in a truth. Right, exactly. And just make safe spaces for everyone. And don't feel like you have to participate in conversations that are taking place in low, dense vibration energies. Like if somebody is bringing that negativity to you, like you don't have to engage. Like it's more powerful to stand and stay silent, right, in the presence of crazy than it is to participate in crazy. <laughs> right. And, 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 that's how I feel. Some people walk around, they can't live in peace. They need to live in chaos. For sure. And, and that's their energy signature. So like, if you take a second to think about it, like what's your energy signature? And that's very much what we spend a lot of time, like just honing in on, like, what is my vibe? What is my energy signature right now? Like in the conversation with this person, with this stranger, or with this person who has abused me my entire life, what is my energy signature in their presence? Am I a space for healing and love? Or am I bringing crazy from the past into the now and creating chaos? Correct. I mean, like you said, um, you just feel the vibe. Maybe one thing is off. Like you said, you're sitting in a room and you're creating these scenarios yourself through your own mind. Em room's empty. Nobody's there. You're creating your own scenarios. But yeah. you feel as though one thing is off, you know, ah. and it could change everything, you know, as yeah. far as like you, if you if you enjoy drama and chaotic, that's you. You yeah. want peace and happiness that may be somebody else. Right. Some people just don't give a shit. Just say, hey, yeah. I'll go with the flow. Right. The, the, exactly. The main thing I want people to know, though, is that is a choice. Your right. vibe is optional. And if you don't think it is like I want you to like because I did all of this on YouTube from back when I was really struggling and kind of suicidal. Right. And so you really have the opportunity to watch me and my own personal growth and development go from crazy um, and to to really going through these steps and practicing this stuff for a long time, for years now. And you can see that it is possible to evolve as a human and as a spirit, right? And that's what it's all about. And it only takes two things, right? You just need two things in order to evolve yourself. Curiosity, what's going on with you? Uh -huh. And honesty, honesty about what's going on with you. And if you can adopt those two things, you yourself can teach yourself a lot about you, uh, solving your own problems, quite frankly. <laughs> right, right. So you say you, you work on your YouTube channel is described as a spiritual disco. Yes. <laughs> where can we find you, your books, and where can we find these immaculate dance moves? Oh, yes. Well, so just go to YouTube.com slash Dale Allen Rouse. All my stuff is like... That's the one nice thing about having a kind of unique name. Like the handle was always available. Right. <laughs> so everything's just at Dale Allen Rouse, whether it's YouTube, uh, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. I'm not really on Twitter. I haven't, I don't know. I never went that way. <laughs> oh, man. So like I, you said, you viewed the show. This is the part where we come to where we talk about the horrible dates. If you listen to the show, we got a segment called I Be Damn. When we talk about horrible dates, nobody dies or anything like that. It's normally just funny. Right. And we're going to ask you, how would you to handle that? How would you to handle this situation if it was you? So I got this today. Let me find it because I got it today. Uh, let me put it right here. I got this today. So I say, hey, Rod. So I'm on a date with a guy that I've been crushing on and the conversation is going rather well. Great jokes, chemistry, the whole nine. I could picture us being a wonderful pair. 
You can insert daydreaming music if you like to. As dinner comes to a close, the server brings the bill, and my date quickly hands over his credit card to pay the tab. We continue our delightful conversation when the server returns with a look of confusion and leans over to my date to tell him his card has declined. Holy shit. My date is absolutely stunned as he tries to understand how the money somehow disappeared from his account. He calls his bank to straighten it out and learns that his auto debit slash bills were taken out of his account. That's why he doesn't have any money. Since my date had no money, I had no choice but to offer to pay. So I reach into my purse to grab my money and guess which wasn't there? My fucking wallet. <laughs> why? Because I switched purses and my wallet somehow didn't make the switch. As if the night continued to get any worse, I had to throw out a lifeline by calling my grandparents who lived near the restaurant and ask them for money to cover the bill. You talk about embarrassing. So that we could leave the restaurant without them calling the police on us. My date handed over his driver's license to the server as collateral. We make our way to my grandparents' house before I get the, before I even get all the way there upstairs to knock on the door. I hear a barrage of laughter coming from the front porch. It was my grandparents laughing hysterically as I walked with shame. My grandmother had tears in her eyes. Needless to say, the date ended on a bad note. I never talked to him again, and my grandparents clowned me for a very long time afterwards. Now that I think about it, the guy never even offered to pay my grandfather's my grandparents back, shaking my head. Sincerely, must make certain that I have my wallet at all times. Yeah, wow. That's a whole <laughs> a whole list of chaos. <laughs> right. So if that was you, how do you handle that? Oh, just laugh it off. I mean, at that point, it was so there were so many things that were going wrong. It's like it's like one of those uh, Broadway plays where everything goes wrong. Have you seen those? They're doing those now. And it's kind of hilarious because they do the play, but then the scenery is falling down and they're having to continue to anyways. It was like that. <laughs> mm, wow. No, I haven't seen that yet. I've never seen that. But before you go, you have a Golden Girl shirt on, we see. Yes. Will you be partaking in their tour that's going around the United States right now? Or have you seen it already? I have not. I'm sure if it comes to Palm Springs, I will see it. Okay. All right. Just just saying, because every night somebody turns that channel on every night, and I got to turn that shit off. <laughs> <laughs> every night. I, I, I hear the song in my sleep. Not, just, not tonight. Not tonight. I'm, I don't even know. Not tonight. But definitely, thank you for coming through, Dale. You are so welcome. I'm so happy to be here. Sorry about the technical problems. No. But I'm glad we got it worked out. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. So when you do your, your things as far as like your books and stuff like that and you have conversations, do you have it like somewhere like on Facebook where you just open up a group and just start talking and things like that where I could send people to? Um, I have, well, if I would do that on Facebook, right? So mm -hmm. that's probably, so if they joined, you know, facebook.com slash Dale Allen Rouse, uh, that's where all my updates and everything uh, that I'm going to be doing. I do want to start doing live tarot card readings uh, with people. I just think that'd be really fun. And it would give me a great opportunity to kind of continue to practice, you know, what it is that I do. So put it like this. If you can't, um, if you want to do that, I'll let you do that here. I can find some people for you to do it here for if you want to, because we've been looking to do that. We had, uh, what the hell readings did we have last month? <laughs> I forgot. We we had some readings last month. I can't remember, but it was basically um, 
going off of your numbers. It was some type of numbers cool. reading. Right, I saw that numerology stuff. Yeah, right. It was going <laughs> off of that. So, yeah. um, if you want to come back with the tarot cards, you can. We definitely that would be super fun to just line up a bunch of people and just go down the row and kind of like have them each draw a card and then read it for them. That would be super interesting. We can do that. I can set it up. Because I, I also find that watching readings, you can really learn a lot about the human experience and how others are going through things and what they might be going through. You know, you can learn from as well, you know, so I find that interesting. All right. So, you know, whenever you're ready, just we like I said, we do it on Tuesdays. Um, just let me know when you want to do it. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thank you for coming. And if anybody's looking for him, he said he got an easy name, Dale Allen Ross, where the handles are never taken. You got it. Next week, we're taking a break, but we'll be back the following week. And June June 6th, we're going through. No, that's not it. I want to say they got the guy that got kidnapped and stabbed, but that's not the episode. Um, I think it's about emotions. I can't remember. I can't see the calendar, but just tune in June 6th. That's all I can tell you. Thank you again, Dale, for coming through. You bet. It's always a pleasure. And I'll see you guys in two weeks out there in the land. Good night.